0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, we live in a country that's divided. We live in a place where Christians sometimes feel like we're lost and alone and not sure exactly what we're supposed to do and say. And today, through Psalm 2, God is going to give us direction as we talk about these two kingdoms in which he has given us citizenship. I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older and I don't like hearing all the doom and gloom and the bad news that I get to see on the evening news far too often, I've kind of stopped watching. And maybe some of you are with me, you just sort of say, you know, it's not worth making myself get all upset about things that are out of my control. I read a story in, in Reader's Digest oh, several years ago about this very frustration that a husband and wife were having when it came to the evening news. The wife said to her husband, should, should we watch the 6 o'clock news and then deal with indigestion? Or should we wait till the 10 o'clock news and then have insomnia? It can feel that way sometimes a little bit, can it? Like all of the bad things that are going on in the world, all of the doom and gloom that gets reported, it just is frustrating and maybe we feel like the world is out of control? Is it? Is our world out of control? How are we as Christians, how should you and I, as God's people, respond to the chaos that we see in our present age? Should we be filled with wonder? Like, where is God? And worry? Maybe fall into some depression and despair? Should we simply stick our heads in the sand and say, well, we'll just let all the stuff happen around us and completely ignore it? David gives us some great answers in Psalm 2 today. And the beauty of Psalm 2 is it is a reminder to us that even though it might seem from time to time that God is on an extended vacation, God's plans and his will always prevail. There is nothing that happens in this world apart from God's knowledge and everything that happens in this world is because God ordained it. Today, as we take a look at these two kingdoms of which we're a part and Psalm 2's answers to the frustration that we can feel when those two kingdoms bring tension and when they clash, let's note a couple of things about our citizenship in these two kingdoms. First of all, because we live in a sinful world, there will be no perfect agreement between those two kingdoms. But then secondly, Jesus rules both kingdoms. He rules them both and that gives us confidence and comfort. Maybe we should just take a break, a little pause to talk about what these two kingdoms are that I've been talking about for the first few minutes here. What are the two kingdoms of which we are a part? Well, first of all, there is the spiritual kingdom. This is God's rule in our hearts by his holy gospel. You are a part of the spiritual kingdom of God because you've been called to faith in your Savior, Jesus. Jesus once said it this way, the kingdom of God is within you. God's rule over hearts is that spiritual kingdom and it makes us citizens of God's kingdom and his family. But we also are members of an earthly kingdom. We live in a society, we live in a country, a nation, and that nation is represented by governing authorities dual citizenship earthly and heavenly the comfort that you and i have is that the bible refers to these two kingdoms as both being under the control and ruled by god so so why the troubles why the tension that exists for us between these two kingdoms could it be that The main source of that tension is the fact that these two kingdoms have different goals? Think about that for a minute. The earthly kingdom has the goal of justice, peace, enjoying life here in this world, right? But the spiritual kingdom has the goal of eternity, forgiveness of sins, and looking ahead to living forever free from the troubles of this world. Does that make sense why those two things might conflict from time to time? Why there might be tension when one is all about the here and now and the other is all about our eternal future? That's what David is addressing in Psalm 2, why this conflict exists. Here's what he says in the first three verses. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles." We should not be surprised that there are forces, both in this earthly kingdom and Satan and his evil angels, that are set out against God and his word, that conspire against, that literally plot against God and his plans. We had a great example of that in the gospel lesson for today. Jesus' trial before Pilate. Think about how all all of that came about. Not just the Jewish leaders handed him over to Pilate, but but King Herod was involved too and they got Pilate involved and together they conspired to put Jesus to death. We also, in that gospel lesson, get a pretty good idea of why there is this tension between the two kingdoms when it comes to the idea of truth. You heard Pilate ask the question, what is truth, right? Right? Truth for members of God's kingdom, that spiritual kingdom, comes in only one place. It comes from God's word. It comes from what God says to us in the scriptures. But truth for the earthly kingdom is a product of human reason. What seems good, what seems right, what seems reasonable, that is what decides what truth is in the world in which we live. So should we be surprised that there are times when governments, when people in this world despise the moral laws of God and actually adopt and promote lifestyles that go against what God says in his word? Of course that happens when truth is something other than what God says in his word. And as we take a look at that, it's easy to get frustrated by that and get upset by that and why isn't God doing something more? But it's exactly what King David is talking about people plotting and conspiring against God's plans. This life is all about prosperity. It's all about happiness here and now and not about the joy of eternity with our Lord. It makes sense, doesn't it? That there might be some clash there, that God's word kind of gets in the way when my whole goal is to make this life the best I can make it and I'm not thinking about the life that is to come you find as, as a Christian that sometimes even we get confused about who's winning? Like, like which side is winning? God is letting all of these things happen and he's not making a difference in the world and we might feel helpless and hopeless. David has an answer for us too. He reminds us that there's no reason to despair. The other trouble that we face as Christians from time to time is that when we speak the truth, when we point the truth of God's word, then we might become a target. A target of ridicule and even persecution. That idea that nations rage and people's plot in vain against God, that certainly visits our lives too as this clash between two kingdoms happens. Not sure if any of you took the time this past Tuesday to watch the presidential debate I did. And all I can tell you is this, at the end of the presidential debate, I, I guess, sad is the right word. As I watched two people accuse one another of being liars, calling each other names, I was saddened that it isn't about people anymore and what's best for people but all about winning and politics. It doesn't even matter what side of the aisle you are on, it is not Something that leads us to have a lot of confidence in those who are being, that are making the decisions for our world. And yeah, there's times as God's people that we might feel despair. We might feel like there's nothing that we can do. But David has an answer for us in Psalm 2. And God has an answer for you too. When you feel like this world is spinning out of control, don't forget about God's other kingdom. spiritual kingdom. Listen to what King David says, The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. It's interesting to think about, isn't it, that as people plot against him and plan against him, God laughs. God's laughter is not because he finds it funny that people are plotting against him. His laughter is, his scoffing is, that there is not a single plan that a human being can come up with that will change God's plans, that will thwart God's plan. This psalm, Psalm 2, is considered a messianic psalm. That means it's about, it's a prophecy about Jesus, the Messiah, about God's son. In the text, David calls him the anointed. Anointed is our English word for words both from the Greek and the Hebrew that you might be familiar with. From the Hebrew, the word is Messiah and from the Greek, the word is Christ. All three mean the exact same thing, the anointed. Jesus, the Son of God, was anointed by his Father to carry out our salvation. That phrase, you are my Son, today I have become your Father, that's part of the mystery of the Trinity that Jesus is God's one and only, only begotten Son, sent to this world to carry out God's plan to save us. God says it this way, I have installed my king. We could say he anointed Jesus to be king not just on the holy mountain in Jerusalem, but over all nations. That every nation has become the possession of Jesus himself to the ends of the very earth. That's Jesus' inheritance. All of the nations are ruled by the one who sits at the right hand of our heavenly Father. Would you be surprised to know that, that this Psalm, Psalm 2, is quoted seven times in the New Testament? Seven times proving that Jesus is the fulfillment of those words and that God has granted Jesus power over all things in this world. Yes, nations will rise and and nations will crumble, but none of those things will ever happen apart from the plan of our God. And more than that, as members of his spiritual kingdom, his heavenly kingdom, we know our Savior reigns. He rules. He, as the king of kings, has defeated sin, death, and the devil in our place. By his death on the cross and his resurrection, we stand before God holy and blameless. David finishes out Psalm 2 with some advice for those who would want to stand in God's way or those who feel the tension of living in two different kingdoms. Listen to what he says, Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him." Perfect harmony. Perfect harmony will never exist in this life. But isn't that a great description for what we will experience in eternity? Perfect harmony with our Lord forever? Because all of the evil forces of this world will be gone. Everything that stands in the way that conspires and plots against what God wants, everything that tries to make life difficult for God's people here, won't be in heaven. Worry will be gone. Government will be gone. Any earthly institution that uses human reason and pits it against the word of God, those things will all be gone forever. Well, great, pastor, you might be saying, We get to go to heaven someday. That's going to be great. We're going to be there. It's going to be perfect. Everything will be great. But what about right now? What about my life in this country right now? What about my life in this world and the chaos I see around me? Doesn't David give us an answer to that question too? Blessed are those who seek refuge in him. When those worries, when the fright, when the frustration of living life in this world come, Remember that you are a citizen of an even greater kingdom. You're a member of God's family. You're an heir of eternal life. And the Bible reminds you that if God is on your side, if he is for you, then nothing can stand against you. Just consider that for a minute. God's on your side. So whatever you face in this life can't change that. Doesn't that free us up? It frees me to know that God is on my side. Nothing can stand against me so I can live my life, as David says, to serve the Lord. To serve the Lord by looking out for the needs of others, by demonstrating God's love to others, that love that I myself have experienced. And instead of being frustrated and upset when someone doesn't agree with me or when something in this life clashes with my kingdom, my my membership in the kingdom of God, I seek to understand. I reach out in love. I listen to what others are saying, knowing that Jesus is already on my side. And of course, we can always pray, right? Pray for our government. Pray for our nation. Pray for our citizens. Pray that the love of God will fill hearts and minds and that God's kingdom will continue to prevail. We know that Jesus is in control, not just of our hearts by faith, but of the world by his power. I want to read it to you again, I know I read it earlier, but just listen again to these words from our second lesson today, Paul's letter to the Colossians, to understand how God has given Jesus power both over nations and over his church, you and me, his believers. For in him, that's Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him he is before all things and in him all things hold together and he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Did you hear that? Jesus reigns supreme and because we are members of his kingdom we reign with him. Some takeaways from our Two Kingdoms sermon today. Number one, because of sin, we can expect conflict between two kingdoms. Sin is going to continue to wreak havoc in this world, but there's no reason for us to panic. Number two, Jesus controls both kingdoms, one by his word and the other by his power. God's word, the gospel, will continue to win hearts for Jesus and his kingdom because that's what God sends it to do. And yes, Jesus continues to know everything that's happening in this world because he is in control. Finally, number three, we find refuge and peace in Jesus alone. When we feel frightened, worried, despairing, that's when it's time to come back to the one who is our refuge and strength and be blessed to find our refuge in him. Two kingdoms, one earthly, one spiritual. Two kingdoms, one temporary, one eternal. Is it safe for us to say that part of our issue is that we tend to focus a little bit more on the earthly kingdom because it's what we know? It's where we live right now? And because of that, we can be filled with worry and wonder if maybe God has lost his touch and not everything is going the way that God wants it to go. That's when it's so important to remember our citizenship in the other kingdom, too. In God's spiritual kingdom, in the fact that God has made you his own dear child And an heir of eternal life. Two kingdoms, one temporary—that's this life—and one eternal—that's the life that is to come. You have a place with your Lord in heaven because it is your Savior, whom Himself, who reminds you that His kingdom is everlasting, and His dominion endures forever. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.